the Six Pointer Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Six Pointer Podcast. I am Luke Turrell and I'm with uh, Kevin Smith. Kevin, how are you? Hello, mate. Yeah, not too bad. Obviously feeling a bit glum after what we've just seen, but uh, but there you go. That's life. That's football. Yeah, of course. You are referring to Crystal Palace's 1-0 away defeat at uh, Turf Moor in Burnley. And this was a Monday night game, a 5.30 kickoff. So that was a, a bit of a, well, an interesting jigging around of the day, wasn't it, Kev? But yeah, yeah I mean, obviously pre-match, the, the, the big talking point was, was Wilfred Zahar when the teams came out. He was omitted from the, the starting lineup. Uh, we found out he's... He, tested positive for COVID and AU and Batshuayi get a chance up front and how much were you looking forward to seeing that combination Kev? Well I must admit I didn't realise about the Wolf thing until literally about 20 minutes before kickoff. really I think you text me and then I saw it on Sky um, my immediate reaction was that's going to be a big loss for us because of obviously what he does and and if I'm honest straight away my mind went to Friday and thinking does that mean he's going to not be available for the Newcastle game so that was my initial concern but I, I must admit I thought with Bats and um Jordan, uh, I just thought, well, they'll be okay. But, you know, I've got to be honest, you know, I'm always trying to be very objective on these calls, as you would expect. But uh, when uh, Jordan was taken off after 75 minutes and he looked quite disconsolate behind the goal, I'm thinking, well, great respect. You've had 75 minutes. And I think we set the tone in that first four or five minutes by being sloppy. We conceded. And I never really felt we got out of out of um, out of that mode. Yeah, I, I think I texted you after about fifteen minutes. Said it's a cold Lancashire night on a Monday, and they don't look as though they fancy it. Uh, and I think there were a lot of players, uh, sadly, uh, below par tonight, Luke. But um, we'll come on to that shortly, I'm sure. What was your view? You're, you're right, Kev. I mean, I, I, I same as you. I thought the first 45 was was a poor performance from Palace. Um, really was. I mean, obviously conceding early kind of sets the tone to an extent. I mean, we've been kind of uh, recently been scoring around this sort of eight, eight to 11 minute mark, haven't we? And now we concede quite early on and it puts a different perspective on the game. And, and Burnley, mm. I think I said to you during the game, are so good at just sort of shutting up shop and, and seeing games out and, you know, all credit to them. You know, yes, I, I think I, at one point I said to you, you know, it's uh, there's a lot of time wasting going on. This was only just sort of five minutes into the second half. But, yeah. you know, if, if, if you're a Palace fan, you call it time wasting. If you're a Burnley fan, you say it's it's slowing down the game, game yeah. clever game management. Um, but, I yeah, I, I think Palace's performance was below par in, in, the, in the first half. I felt that, yeah, the conditions perhaps, but also I think we, we, we lacked anything to really to combat Burnley's physical presence, especially at the back. I mean, there was no point going long because, you know, they were just knocking it back, knocking it back and almost bullied us for the first 20 minutes or so. I thought we were really bad. Yeah, you know what? You know, as you said, Luke, credit where credit's due, you know, and I, I like Sean Dice. I like what Burnley do. Um, but, you know, you know what you're going to get, as Roy had said beforehand. I think what's disappointing for me is... On the one time I think Eze ran at the bloke initially, um, he got past him uh, when he went down the wing. I just wanted to get the ball to Eze and get him running because in fairness, that was the only way we were going to get behind him with a bit of pace to frighten him to get to almost to the byline and pull it back. And, you know, Burnley, as you say, did what they do well. They, that was only their fourth goal of the season. Uh, and what was disappointing for me is I felt that if we'd got a goal or got back at 1-1, they would have been quite brittle. But normally, where we're normally strong, I, I was apprehensive every time it went near the back today. You know, Coyote is normally outstanding and Scott Dan. 
I don't think great. I don't, you know, again, it's not. A, let's not get bent out of shape over it. No one had a great game, really. I thought Nathaniel worked really hard, if I'm honest, and I thought he put in quite a shift going down the right. But then again, even Nathaniel, there was a few times when he, I thought he could have whipped in across, and I don't know if he lacked the confidence or uh, yet yeah, whatever. But it, it just felt as though it was going to be one of those nights. And you, got, you know, let's be honest. Again, credit where credit's due. If you look at the way they defended, as you said, very good. Nick Pope made a great save at the end with the Ben Teke thing. But in fairness, if, if Christian gets anything on that, it goes under his arm or over his arm. Uh, and that would have been a goal. But but equally, let, let's look at their front two. Jay Rodriguez and in, in fairness, Chris Woods didn't stop working, did what they did. And, you know, I feel as though we've been mugged a bit, really, because we've had yeah. most of the football, but nothing really to show for it. And it's disappointing because we don't seem to find any consistency at the moment. And that's disappointing i'm finding that quite frustrating at the moment um but you know it, it is what it is mate sorry no no frustrating i think it's a good word to, to sort of to, to sum up how i'm feeling tonight kevin honest. And, and you mentioned a bit about roy there earlier and i, I wonder you know we, we try to be you know fairly balanced on this podcast in terms of what, what we what we say like, like you mentioned and i think to be fair roy hudson's not without criticisms tonight i mean if anything cool but i i would have started christian Benteke out front simply because it gave you that focal focal point up front and someone to, to aim for at least you know you've got a unit whereas you know, that's why I know you, they're not small lads but you know you're not going to be winning headers against Burnley defence so I think especially that that first half was really bad I mean second half we came out like you said I think we were the better team uh, and especially in the second half we, we pressed uh, as they did, did well with a couple of amazing little runs then like you say and, and yeah. there, was a, there was a strange moment substitution wise where Gyro I thought had a really good game actually he was probably one of the few mm. players that fairly decent in, and quite good in recycling the ball in the midfield. Mm. He came off and, and gave way for Jeffrey Slup. But it did give us a, give us a bit of a, a push forward through the middle a little bit more. And perhaps I thought I thought that I saw um, Klein and PVA push up a bit more there. So I thought tactical now, it was, it was more sort of going for it. Yeah, I must admit, I mean, I didn't know who was going to come off. Um, I was pleased that Jeff come on because I thought, you know, what I quite like with Jeff Slap, I think he's quite direct. He's obviously quick. And when he gets his head down, and there was a few times he went down the left, you know, and he's, he penetrates quite well. Um, yeah, I wouldn't necessarily have... Um, it's, I wouldn't disagree with you. I, don't, I didn't see Riedeveld as much today, but I think that was as much for me. You know, it's mostly mostly the worst performance I've ever seen James MacArthur having a Palace shirt, yeah. from my point of view. Yeah, of I appreciate I don't get to see all the games of you, you know. And we had a lot of players who weren't. And that's not to take away from, you know... We could have named quite a few of them today. You know, Andros put in a bit of a shift, but some of his football was sloppy compared to how it normally is. So I just didn't feel as though we ever looked like it. I think I would have been with you. I would have liked to have seen a start of Christian um, against them today because he does give you that presence. You know, he's nearly got that goal. Yes, let's be honest. He should have done better with that uh, first touch right near the end. Um, but again, that's a player who's lacking in confidence. But let's be honest, without getting too down on it, you know, Jordan's only got one, I think, in about 14, as I recall. I think they said Batch, Batch has got five goals for Belgium, but not scored in a in a league game in 23 games. Um, so all of our players, you know, you take Wilf out of the team, you know, and it's, you know, we, we don't look as though we're penetrating a lot. And that, that was a worry for me. And, and I think you're right. I think 
Burnley are the past masters. You're quite right. I was getting quite frustrated with the telly. Obviously, it weren't the telly's fault, clearly. Um, but <laughs> I was looking at the telly as if to say, why are they time-wasting? But that's what they did. And they, it was yeah. just game management. They did it well. I think you know when the kid whose 21st birthday was yesterday is O'Neill, who I'd like, I'd love Palace to get O'Neill. I think he's a great player. He plays that sloppy ball back, batches onto it quite quick. Could he have done a lot better? Not really. The keeper's made a good save. But I think the minute that didn't go in, there's me thinking it ain't going to be our night. And that was after about, what, 65 minutes, I think? Yeah, you, you did see Nick Pope pull off a couple of beauties, especially in that second half. I mean, great save, but I think Batshuayi's shot was probably going wide anyway, having looked at it again. Um, I think that was, you've got to hit the target there for, 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 your, for your front man. It's a disappointing in, in Batman there. But um, Benteke at the end. Yeah, yes. it's a great save. I mean, it's it, 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 sort of flung himself, Nick Pope's flung himself forward, hasn't he? And, um, yes. you know, in anticipation of being there, and it, it, it is a truly great save. Probably one of the best saves I've seen against Palace for, for a while now. And uh, you've got, like, like you say, Kev, you only got to turn around and say, fair enough when those sorts of things happen. But yeah, Palace perhaps could have prayed a bit more. Yeah, I think so. But we often puffed, but we didn't really, you know, I, I would like to see Neze on the ball more in the second half driving at him. But, but do you know what, Luke, as we've said, we, you know, we know how we felt after the Wolves game. You know, it's one of those, who's to say we won't go up to Newcastle and put in a performance? I would hope, as we always say when we've had a bad performance, there's a reaction. Um, yeah. I just didn't feel to me... I don't know, I've watched Palace many, many years, mate. I just didn't feel tonight as though... I almost felt if we had four points in the board, would we have gone at that game differently? And and I've, it almost feels as though 13 points on the board. I know this is wrong to say, and you might think you're an absolute lunatic, but there's that little bit of almost, well, Monday night, Bur you know, Burnley, you know, we're quite safe already sort of thing. I know that sounds ridiculous, but that that was the feel it had. You know, if you look at the intensity with which we played Leeds, you look at the intensity of which we played some of that games, there was no... There was no real intensity and I get very frustrated when we get to 84 minutes and people are then rushing to take throw-ins. Yeah. Well, why weren't you doing that after five minutes? And I don't know. Yeah. I don't know, mate. Just, just disappointing in general. But again, I'm, I'm not disappointed. I'm disappointed that we haven't got a result, but I'm not disappointed for Sean Dyche because I, I, think, I think he does a great job at Burnley and, and fair play, as I said, to their front two. I thought they worked bloody hard and fair play to them. Oh, fair enough, Kevin. And I think one of the points you, you made there was about Eze, and I think it's a positive, the fact that, I mean, he took a few kicks tonight, Eze. You know, Burnley obviously planned to leave. It was nice to see also that he's that sort of player, you know, we saw almost as Wilf when he was growing up, didn't he? Like the player that could take those kicks and get up and keep going. And he, he yeah. was keen to prove himself and, and push on. I, I thought he was brilliant in that sense. His determination to, to get up and say, well, you're not beating me, you know, I'll keep going, yeah. I'll keep going. It was it was fantastic. Yeah. And he almost, very almost made a chance, I think, for Batshuayi in the last sort of 15 minutes there where he fed him through and didn't quite. Yeah. That's why for the second time of the game, he didn't quite connect with the ball as he, as he did very early on in the game. Uh, yeah, you make a great point, mate. I mean, for me, Eze looks dangerous every time he gets the ball. I mean, I, I think I texted you quite early on, didn't I? When we, I think about 10, 12 minutes in, and I said it'd be interesting if he goes to see if he goes missing tonight. And then almost immediately after that, he picked up that ball, outstrengthened that player, went down the wing, and you know we almost scored off that. So I, I like the fact that he kept getting kicked and coming back for more, but he didn't have a 
you know, miserable face. He just got on with it. I'm sure that yeah. miserable face might come in a few years when he becomes a bit more of a bigger star. But I like that. And, you know, he's going to terrorise people. And to me, he's exciting when he gets on the ball. There was a few times when he's on the edge of the box, particularly in the second half, you can see he's looking to thread that ball through. And I think with Sluppy and that, he, you know, and even PVA to a degree, they, they look quite exciting when they're down that side. So, you know, again, we've said it on numerous times and I'm sure we're boring people to death, but... Let's not get too hung up. I'm, I'm disappointed. I'm glad we didn't do the pod straight after kickoff because I think it, I would have had a slightly less um, balanced view on it. Um, I think I'm just worried, as I said a little while ago, that if you look at, I'm not including Townsend as a um, in our front. If you look at our main front line, they're not scoring any goals. It's only Will who's scoring, and that that worries me. Um, you know depending on where yeah. we are with that. And and if you're in your most the most frustrated person mostly tonight out of all the Palace fans is mostly Wilf Sahar sitting there at home watching that, thinking, Let me now, you know, um, but but there you go. We are well, let's it, 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 hope come Friday, mate. I I know that obviously Premier League players are getting tested twice a week at the moment. So I don't know if it's Tuesday or Thursday. I heard a rumor about it being Tuesday. So you know I'm sure no matter what they'll be tested in before the uh the Newcastle game to see where he's fit or, or able to play. You know, we don't know so when he I'm being really this virus or how, how many how many days he needs to go over it. Go yeah, I was going to say I'm being really ignorant here. So if he's tested and he's clear in the next few days, does that mean he can play or does? Because when uh, he says it, well, I, yeah, I didn't yeah, know how it works with the self isolation. I think as, as, as far as I'm as far as I'm aware, you know, the clubs can test you know as many times as they want. Yeah. Um, so you know, it, it, who knows? I mean, I don't want to get into a discussion yeah. about the virus, yeah. but I th- I think that. Perhaps a an athlete who is in in good fitness might might be able to fight off this virus, you know, yeah. quicker than than than, yeah. than someone who's perhaps not as healthy. I, I don't know, mate. But no. okay, um, mate. yeah, no, sorry. It, it, I took let's see what happens, and and let's hope that come Friday, Wilfred Zahar is is starting against Newcastle, who I don't think are going to be as as resolute as as uh, Burnley were, and they're coming down to sell us to to try and get a uh, well at least a point, aren't they? So. Um, yeah, they, they need to come at us, which more plays to Palace's sort of counter-attacking game plan. Yeah, you've just answered my question there. I was going to say I didn't, I honestly didn't know if we were at their place or at our place. And and is it is it that is it the late kickoff Friday night or is it an early one again? No, I think you're I think you're right, mate. It's at eight o'clock, I think or something okay. like that. Yeah, and that's and that's on telly, is it? It's on Sky, that's is it? on not... Amazon Prime, I believe. Okay, I haven't got to pay fifteen pounds, have I? I can watch that. No, 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 I've no, got no, an no, Amazon. No, yeah, so that one, yeah. that one's well. It's, it's, as long as you're paying for Prime, you've got it, mate. Yeah, yeah. yeah. all right, mate. So, I'm sure we will. Let's this, this try and keep it positive and, and yeah, yeah, no, we're week. positive, mate. I'm happy. It's Monday night, mate, <laughs> and they, Boris has nearly found a you know well done Oxford University. Boris has nearly got a you know a, a vaccine. So listen, life's good, mate, isn't it? We're 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 smiling. We're watching football. We're and we're going to get fans back in the ground. And for me, forget the Palace bit. The fact that you can get fans into lower tier you know, it's going to be a lifeline for a lot of those clubs. And let's be honest, that's, uh, that's, that's the most important thing here. Premiership types survive. Let's get, let's get fans in the ground. And particularly if you can get up to 4,000 for some of the smaller clubs, that's, that's going to be a, a, the lifesaver. So it can only be good from now on, right? Yeah, let's hope so, mate. And I certainly enjoy going and watching uh, Croydon and Beckham Town as and when I can, you know, obviously when Palace aren't playing and just try and support those local clubs because they need it now more than ever. We had a long weekend in the sense that there were no Palace. We had to wait until Monday at 5.30 for our Palace game, but Crystal Palace did give us a little well bit of a Well worth the wait, though, mate. Well worth the wait. Well, though, there you it? go. <laughs> <laughs> they did try to give us our Palace fix on Friday oh, about 4 o'clock. And, uh, yeah. the, the club published this uh, 
17 minute long interview with Steve Parrish giving a, a, a number of updates in terms of the stadium, the academy, uh, transfer and how the, how, the, how the season's going so far. Um, yeah. Kev, I mean, I appreciate that it was a, a Palace TV production and, and very yep. Steve Parrish produced and, you know, very positive and upbeat. But it was nice to get an update on on certain things and an eye-opener, certainly when it comes to the stadium and the, the strong words that Parrish used about Sainsbury's. Yeah, I, I think you're absolutely right, mate. I mean, you, you sent me the link um, and it was a pleasure to watch. I mean, obviously... Fair play to Steve and, and all the guys and what they've done for the club over the years and, you know, 10 years at the helm. Outstanding, really, with what they're trying to do there. I mean, I, th- I think there were there were two main things I picked up on it. You're right, the Sainsbury's and the Academy. So I suppose if we do the Sainsbury's one first, I mean, as you say, strong words. Um, but in, in fairness, I think sometimes things need to be said like that. And I, and I think, you know, Steve, particularly early, early, coronavirus uh, was commended I think by Gary Neville on Sky for being very honest about certain things and I think even I saw him on question time a few months ago and he came across very very well so you know he's good at what he does we know that uh, and he's a he's a wonderful ambassador for our club I, I think obviously taking on a Sainsbury's is always going to be a tough one uh, and as he says they're a commercial business and they've got their um, their challenges at the moment I, I think the you know, the, uh, whether we call it the dispute or whatever, the, the, the sliver of land, obviously I, I don't, I'm not close enough to know how big that sliver of land is. Uh, I do go with what he said previously. There's always, ever since that Sainsbury's end was built, ever when I used to go when I was quite young, which is many, many years ago, as you know, um, there's always been a good relationship with Palace and Sainsbury's. So it's something I would hope that they can come to a sensible compromise. I mean, I, I don't think Steve quoted what figures are they're asking. I don't think he would be that unprofessional. But if we can find some compromise, then it's got to be done, right? Because yeah. it, it, you can't have that potentially holding up the next part of what we need to do to develop. Everyone loves coming to sell us. We know that. We've talked about it numerous times. But it does need that facelift. Uh, and it would be brilliant. And... When you then link that on to the academy, which I won't talk about because I want to hear your take on Sainsbury's, you know, we've got to be a progressive club and that does include that infrastructure um, as well. So, yeah, over to you on Sainsbury's. Sorry, mate. It's, in- it's interesting what, what, what you picked up there, Kev, because that was an interesting point I saw as well. That um, Paris, Steve Parrish mentioned that, you know, ever since sort of going back 10 years and, and discussions and the conversation, the relationship they've had with Sainsbury's has always been very positive. So for them, for them to, to turn around and Sainsbury's demand sort of, I don't know how, how much it is, I don't know, five, ten, I don't actually know how much it is, um, for, for this sliver of car park tarmac. Um, and for Steve to publicly come out and say that it, it's, it's, you know, potentially at risk for damaging that relationship. Um, you do wonder if the, the damage has already been done, mate. And, and you know, yes. it, it, it's a commercial organisation like Sainsbury's who are, you know, probably doing quite well out of this pandemic. And, and they just seized on this opportunity that, well, hang on, there's, there's another business here that have been pumped money in through TV deals and are still going and they've got a lot of money. So let's yeah. make the most of this for us. Um, so, yeah, disappointing if it is, you know, uh, <laughs> a 10 foot long bit or whatever it is. And that's that's what they're demanding millions for, um, because it's faced that there's no alternative. And it's kind of Palace are probably in, you know, next two to five years going to have to say, yes, OK, we'll pay it or it won't happen. You know, they won't be able to do the work. Did you get the vibe, Luke? And forgive me if I miss this, um, put it down to my age. Um, but did he give an indication as to how soon we need to get this answer because this you know the, the, you know let's be honest the 
the stand being built has been talked about for so many years. I appreciate it's been, they got the planning commission, permission or whatever it was they required, but how much longer is it going to be? And that's not a criticism, but has he given them a, an ultimatum as to how long, because obviously they're holding the cards, but there must come a point where, you know, yeah. If they think we're going to walk away from it as well, then then surely there has to be some sensible compromise uh, around dates. Well, this answer, Kev, that I don't know, but from the way that the interviewer asked his question and, and sort of formed the question, it was uh, Paris was saying that you know this is the, this is the only stumbling block. You know, we, we without this, we, we'd be breaking ground right now, as far, as far as what I can understand. And let's face it, they probably missed a bit of an opportunity, haven't they? When, when you know, they haven't had fans in the stadium, this would have been a great chance to do some to do some groundwork, wouldn't it? Lukey, I've got an idea. You know what they're going to have to do? You know, like when we sent all the fans to stand outside Lloyd's when we nearly went pop 10 years ago, we're going to need to send all the fans to go and stand outside um, dear old Sainsbury's head office in 33 Holborn, yeah? yeah, And we're going to get them socially all to stand distance, outside. So, socially distanced and obviously with their masks on and everything. But we're going to get our fans to do that outside. What do you reckon? <laughs> <laughs> I think I think times have changed a bit, Kevin. I don't, I, don't, <laughs> I don't think that's... that's I'm just showing my age, mate. I'm just showing my age. And, uh, where, would, where, would we, where would we have been without the school children all those years ago? We would have been in big trouble, eh? That was a crazy day, mate. A crazy a day. A day, wasn't it? Not good. Day. But, not a good day. Um, onto the academy, it was it was great to hear positive things about the development of the academy, how it's already been used, how sort of some pitches already been used by local communities and schools and things like that. But most importantly, you know, this is going to set hopefully, you know, used in the right way and and actually delivered in the way that it's said it's going to be delivered, is going to set Palace up for the next sort of ten, well, ten years plus, isn't it? In, in the ten year onwards, I should say. I guess really, I don't think Palace are going to see the. Uh, the fruits of it until probably about five, six years time. But then mm. onwards, it's going to really sort of hopefully um, hold, hold Palace's position as, as a real player in terms of the youth players in, in South London. But otherwise going off to cheek, going to, uh, you know, Chelsea and um, as they obviously, last around Millwall and things like that, you know, there, 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 are, there are, South London's a hotbed of, of talent, isn't it? And, and this is a great opportunity for us. Absolutely. I mean, you've, you've just said the last bit there, which is a key thing. And I think Steve made reference to it. There is so much potential. There is so much class and quality players playing in South London. It, it's criminal almost that they go across to different parts of London primarily to play. I think the infrastructure, the blueprint is there with that academy. That you, Why would boys at 17, 18 want to leave Palace and I think again Parrish made reference to the fact that a lot of the youngsters are staying 18 years old you know there's potential coming through you know with the greatest respect one of these players comes through and you sell them you know and it's I'm not saying he's going through the system but you know you, you sell a Wambasaka for 47 million and it's almost paid for half of, of, of what's been done and and this is the, this is what works you know Chelsea done it years ago with Cobham so I get the pleasure of seeing that through through my daughter, through some of that wonderful stuff they do at Chelsea. But big clubs, you've got to do it. And Crystal Palace are, a, you know, we're not the biggest, but we're a big club. You know, we're a well-established club in London. Everyone wants to come and play in London. And there's no reason why we can't be, you know, pushing to be in that sort of tier of why would, why would players not want to play their football here? Particularly, particularly, if you've got an opportunity, which invariably happens at Palace, where guys do go from the academy 
do go to the 18s, the 23s, and then make the breakthrough into the first team. Wilfred Zagar, classic example, but there's there's loads of examples of what's happened before. You know, if you go back many, many years ago, Luke, and long before your days, but there will be some people who will listen. Vince Allaire, when I was a kid, watching Vince Allaire come through and then watch him go through the team of the 80s, Sansom and all that. You know, the academy stuff is our lifeblood for the future. So to see it the other night, I mean, I looked it in awe on that the other day, and that is really, really exciting. And I, I think what appeals to me more is the fact that, quite rightly, Steve's a bright guy, as are all the people who are in charge of the club. And what they've done is embed it into the community. As he said, there won't be many. You know, I go to Cobham to see Emily, and it's, it's beautiful, but it's not embedded right in the community. Place is right in the community, and that yeah. is that is huge. And the, the 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 positive that that gives to the entire area is huge. It's not just about the football; it's about the fact that the pitches are available. It's about the well-being that that creates for so many others. And that, to me, mate, is is worth more actually than the football value. But it is important, and I I stress this that. Crystal Palace continue to stay ideally in the Premiership and build and build and build. It's, it's important, I think, Kev, also in terms of having a, a development and a, a building and a, and a centre, you know, an academy centre that you can also sell to parents, you know, because it's... You know, Absolutely. Let's be honest, these, these 14, 15, 16-year-old kids aren't making these decisions themselves. They're being advised by their parents. Advised, but, you know, that's They're younger than that, you, they're longer. They're younger than that, mate. These are being these decisions. These kids are being picked up. You've got to remember at eight, nine, ten, and that's the thing. So it, it's a bit like I, I saw the thing a few weeks ago, a game which was on Sky, which was brilliant, where it had the thing about Wilf, and it had uh, the young man from Tottenham and one of the other players as well uh, about how they'd broken through, and you know playing in the cages and all that things of of London and that side and these kids are getting picked up younger and younger and younger. So you need to be able to excite them about what your club is at nine, 10, believe it or not. I know that yeah. might sound crazy, but it is. So it's not so much 13, 14 by that time. It's almost too late. It's, yeah. it's younger. You've got to get into them. Sorry. Mate. I guess, I, I guess I was, no, no, it's fine. I guess I was referring more to sort of professional contracts. The first time I get professional contracts around 15, 16 sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, as, we, yeah. as we've seen last year, last week with some of the palace deals as well that, that were announced. Um, yeah. It was great news. And um, I think like you say, Kev, it's got, it's got to be sold to the, to the family and the, the advisors and everyone. And it's got to be what's, what's best for the, the kids, but also what's important and something I've heard a lot through, um, you know, for the coaching team and, uh, other people, you know, in terms of bits and pieces that Palace have put out, is that this this term pathway to the first team keeps being brought up. And I think that's part of the vision which is being sold, you know, to these kids who are coming into the academy. And and when you can actually show, you know, you can look back, you can look at Mitchell this this, <laughs> this year and, and last yeah. year coming through, you know, Klein's, I know you appreciate he's gone, gone and come back, but, you know, Klein and, and yeah. uh, Zahar and, you know, all these players that Palace have produced over the last few years, um, you can you can turn around to the kids and say, you know, we're not just going to be a, a Chelsea club in terms of hoarding players in terms of when they come to their, their, their big team. And you know, the, the loan players they've got is unbelievable. You know, you've actually got a chance to come through and play professional football here for Crystal Palace. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you mentioned Ruben Loftus-Cheek and, and I'm sure some people are going to correct me, but I'm pretty certain that when Ruben was a young lad, he was, he was either picked up in the Swanley or the Orpington area. 
that's our that's our bread and butter really should be so again they go quite rightly they go to Chelsea for the reasons which are right they develop themselves for seven ten years and then they're on the fringes and that's what the Chelsea do they send them out develop them I mean we we obviously benefited from having Ruben play for us obviously as you know and and did a blooming good job for us let's be honest so I I, I would love to see that and and I think what's really pleasing is Steve Parrish and the people who run the club have that vision in mind. And, and, but what they've not lost, which I think is so, so important, and what is so important, I think, to so many Palace fans is it's still very family-centric of a club. You know, people know people in the club, and that, to me, I think is, is huge. And um, that's what makes us the best club around. <laughs> well, it's like we're saying that on. Can I say that? Come Friday, mate. Hey, can, can you believe I'm saying that after that? Can you believe I'm saying that after the Burnley game? I've obviously mellowed while sat at my desk, um, looking at you in your dressing gown, having this conversation, right? I think it's the calming influence of the podcast, mate, is what's done it for you. <laughs> that and the fact you're probably getting tired. I'd imagine that. <laughs> no, not at all, mate. Not at all. Not at all. I could talk well, all Kev, night, but uh, I won't bore you anymore. No, well, I think we'll call it a, a, a day there. And um, yeah, as I said, we'll be back on Friday anyway. We've got Palace uh, playing Newcastle at home at Selhurst. And I say, fingers crossed, we're, we're talking about a, a victory then rather than a, a disappointing result. Um, Kevin, thank you as always for taking your time this evening to talk to us. I hope you found it therapeutic and it's calmed you down as well. Well, mate, yeah, absolutely. And uh, pleasure to do it with you, mate. Hope Matt's okay. And uh, obviously to everyone out there, I know you'll say it shortly anyway, but stay safe and uh, we'll soon be seeing some football soon. So good news. Cheers, mate. Thanks, Luke. Good to speak to you, mate, as always. Cheers, Kev. And and to our listeners, of course, you can follow us on social media at Six Pointer Podcast on Instagram and Twitter. Up the Palace. Up the Palace. The Six Pointer Podcast. Uh